Welcome to Green Eggs and West Ham. I'm Chris W. along with my co-host Chris S. This podcast is dedicated to providing lighthearted, concise analysis on everything concerning West Ham. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to Green Eggs and West Ham. After a 3-3 draw to Tottenham and a 1-1 draw to Man City, West Ham has been on fire the past few games. In this episode, we're going to do an analysis of each tie and what changed slightly between the games, how we thought the team played, and also a look ahead uh, in uh, the second section of the episode. Chris, talk with me through the Tottenham game, why that was significant for us. They're our biggest rivals, and we pulled out some uh, some scoring that uh, took a little bit to to get going, but we ended up with the tie. The the game definitely did not start off in our favor. Um, I think for less than a minute in, we already gave up a goal. Just committed too many bodies forward, had some bad defending, and and found ourselves one zero down. And and that really wasn't the end of the story. Within you know within twenty minutes, we were already three zero down. Really did not the first 15 or 20 minutes did not play very well. Um, but, but also I feel like it was a little harsh for us to be down three. Oh, they had three shots. All three of them went in. Um, but then we, we, we seemed to be even a little resilient back then. It, it, we, we really didn't play that bad. The second, second part of the second half or the first half, we, we started to kind of regain our composure. Uh, and it, it was, even before we had our comeback in the last 10 minutes, I was relatively impressed with the way we played in, in, I feel like under, under previous regimes, we would have collapsed. Uh, I think there, I think there are even a lot of players that we had just last year that, that really wouldn't have done well in that situation. And, you know, I, we have, I have a lot of criticisms for David Moyes, but I think he's done a good job of drilling into the team uh, that we have a chance and you know we we came away couple couple breaks our way and we ended up drawing drawing the match and boy uh i don't think i've ever had a a, a draw feel so much like a win as that i i think the only other time i've had it feel like a win is when we played the man city the next week and got the 1-1 draw because a 1-1 draw against man city i will take any day of the week uh, in that game, we had a, a fairly strong start. Antonio going uh, going down the field and, and scoring early on. We were up 1-0 most of the game. Uh, then we saw it, it fall apart in the second half a little bit. And it's kind of interesting in the Tottenham game, it was, it was almost the opposite where it took us – we had a really slow start and then, uh, you know, picked it up later in the game. Whereas Man City, we had a, a really strong start. That first half, we were playing we, – we were commanding the game and uh, making very few mistakes. And then coming into the second half, we, we kind of drug our feet a little bit. Um, Man City got one in and then pretty, pretty much pounded the net for uh, the last, say, 20 minutes of the game. Um, we'll talk about some, some of the subs and everything and how we could have <coughs> – or, sorry, how we would have used the subs a little bit differently. But um, overall, I mean, I, I can never – I can't be upset um, at – at the second half, even though we were getting pounded, we were tracking back defensively. Um, we weren't moving the ball forward as well, but people were were going out of their way to cover each other and, and get back. And 
even when the defense would make a mistake, you know, maybe it was, it was rice that would be there, Sue check or something that, uh, that would go back and cover. And it was just that amount of effort. I really think effort is what pulled us through to that tie. And just look at the totality of the last four league matches, even the last five going back to Arsenal. After our loss at Newcastle, we were concerned because the next run of fixtures was all against teams in the top seven, top eight. Uh, Even going through Liverpool, we were hard-pressed to to find where we were going to pick up points. We thought we might be coming into this Liverpool fixture, you know, bottom in the table or in the relegation zone. But we've managed to pull eight points against in the last four games. And I've been really impressed with kind of the change in change in attitude of the team. Like you said, that they're they're showing that effort now where I don't I'm not I think part of it has to be we we gotta give some credit to Moyes. And I'm still disappointed that we saw so many people leave during the window. But it seems like the people that we have left on the squad are really in it. They're really wanting to play for the badge, and they're they're showing more fight uh, than what we've been used to. And 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 I think that's making a huge difference. Yeah, and I, one person we always love to mention is Fornals, and he, for me, he was he was my man of the match. I think you mentioned it as well. Uh, but but there are some other names that were thrown out there for a man of the match that that would be hard to argue against as well, like Mazuaku, for instance, did well. I thought Fabianski had a fantastic game. This is, that was his best game this season. I, I think that was – there had been a couple games where he wasn't really tested. There was a couple games where he was just average. Well, I, f- I felt this game was one where he we ha- had a lot of opportunities and he really took advantage of that and kept us in the game during certain stretches. Yeah, and I, I'm really enjoying how Bowen is moving around the field. I don't just see him isolated on the right, but sometimes he shifts to the center. Sometimes he's – even on the left, some, you know, sometimes him and Fornells will, will switch or at least be really close to each other. And and that's that movement is something that I haven't seen um, in games previous. What So, Chris, what did you think of how uh, Sioux Fall, I think that's now the yeah. official way to say it, that we've investigated that. Um, what has his addition really brought to the team? We've seen it in – we talked about it last, uh, last time, and it was, I mean, his first game back uh, – first game in the team. So – now that we've seen that repeated in good performance after good performance, is he the key to the team or, or is it Moist that's really unlocked everything? How? I don't think he's necessarily the key to the team because we, we played well. Yeah. I mean, I think if I, if I remember correctly, he wasn't in the team for that win against Wolves. Uh, Fredericks was in it. I, th- I think more it's the formation, but I will say, Sioux Falls has been much more solid uh, than Fredericks has been, and and so I am very encouraged. I, I his best, I think his best game was his was probably the first game uh, when he played against Leicester. Um, I thought he was incredible in that game. I thought he was really good against Tottenham, uh, and I thought he was pretty good against City. But but what he seems to offer is. Fredericks was really good going forward, but didn't really feel, you didn't feel that comfortable with going back. I feel good both sides of the ball with, with, with Sioux Fall. I think I'm, I trust when he has the ball that he's going to send in a good cross. And then I also trust that he's not going to leave us exposed on that side of, of the defense and he's going to be a contributor there. So I think he is, 
been a fantastic signing so far. Um, and, and just kind of just a very a solid player, a player that you don't have to worry about. Um, and that's been, that's been huge, especially when uh, this, this system relies so strongly on the full, the, the wing backs. Uh, Masuaku has been so good going forward and, and uh, Sioux fall getting, you know, the, the key assist in, in the, the city game, sending that cross into Antonio who, who just had that great finish. Um, probably, you know, back-to-back goal think of the last two goals we scored the the Lanzini screamer and then that bicycle kick from Antonio it's I don't know if we've ever had two consecutive goals quite so so spectacular but um no Sioux Falls definitely been big to this formation and I'm hopefully I I Hopefully he can keep up this form. He's adjusted really well so far. I'm hoping it's not an aberration and that he can really continue this. Yeah, he has. And that's something that is uh, fun to talk about too is that we're really not complaining about Cresswell that much. And and I I think it's as a result of coverage. Like you were mentioning too, Sufal, you know, he's getting back and covering. But I'm also not worried if people get by Sufal because then you've got Ibabuena, you've got – Agbana, I mean, you've got backups, basically. And whereas Fredericks, uh, maybe he would do better in this formation, but I, I do think Sufal's, you know, deserves a start, obviously, over him. But um, but shifting over to Cresswell and, and kind of that um, dynamic, I mean, I still think we need a stronger defender there. However, I think right now we've got the coverage for his, for his position. And the only time that I would be really nervous uh, with him there in the left wing position is when we've got some like a Traore or some massive person that's just going to burn you. And and that's purely comes down to speed. You just can't keep up. I'm I'm a little, I still, I think this five back formation has been good of hiding our defensive weaknesses, but I still feel like in the starting 11 center back is, is by far our worst position between Cresswell and Balbuena. They've been able to put in some good games, but I don't really think they're consistent from game to game um Cresswell has has delivered the ball really well uh turned in some good assists but he's also he has deficiencies at playing at center back you know the the header by Harry Kane over him in the Tottenham game was just one where you see he he doesn't have really the size to to play against those bigger players and, and doesn't always have the pace against to play against the faster players. He's done very well. And I, I don't think I, I wouldn't replace him with what we have, but I still, between him and Balbuena, it, it's not the strongest of groups. Well, in Balbuena, I would pretty, I think I've pretty much placed all of the blame on the uh, Man City goal because of Balbuena's inability to mark. Now that it's not that he's in enable the whole game. It's just, you know, you, you give it up for one minute and, and darn if a goal, a goal doesn't go in. So um, well, he, you, he did have the same issue against Tottenham too. He was really responsible for that first goal. Um, not, not taking away the inner, the, the inside from sun. And I would, I almost want to put Diop ahead of him. Like, I, I feel like, I feel like Balbuena out of our starting love and has been the, the worst performer so far. Yeah, but I'm still nervous because I I really think Diop and Balbuena are are almost the same. Like I'm going to be nervous at that position no matter who we play. 
know, I, I just think it, it, I'm not mad at signing Craig Dawson. I think especially for a, a no risk loan deal, that was fine. You know, if you say, oh, we're bringing him in to be our fourth choice, fine. Craig Dawson's a fine fourth choice, whatever. But the problem is we shouldn't have been trying to bring in a fourth choice. We should have been trying to bring in a first choice, someone that was going to displace Balbuena or Cresswell. Um, or or when, when someone inevitably gets hurt. Like they, we needed to have a starting caliber center back come in, and, and that was – probably the largest regret of the transfer window was not doing that. Yeah. Oh, so walk me through uh, King Arthur and, and his kind of debut into the team. And I mean, he's by far in a starting spot. Uh, I've really seen him develop into something that I, I didn't even, I did not imagine that he could play this well, I think, and, and really fit into the team both defensively and offensively. He's been doing fine defensively. And that's what I was most nervous about with him. Yeah, he's he's been doing really well defensively. Um, him and I think having him and Cresswell operate the same area defensively has been beneficial to both of them. Um, and it's also kind of the the yin and yang of him and Cresswell on on offense, where where Cresswell's best assets his his delivery and, and Masuaku's really is just his uh, dribbling ability and, and desire. I he's an extremely entertaining player to watch. I don't know if we have anyone but outside maybe Bowen that's as willing to run with the ball as Masuaku is. Uh, I mean, most of our – Antonio makes great runs but doesn't really carry the ball all that often. Uh, Fornals is more of a a passer than, than necessarily a, a dribble by you type of guy. Really, Masuaku has been someone that can – we know – get the ball halfway in our own half and advance it all the way up the field and, and, you know, create an opportunity kind of out of nothing, not, not, not shooting himself, but, but getting the ball into a dangerous position. Um, So it's been, it's been fun to watch him play it and his, I love his social media presence. He loves interacting with all of, and it seems like he seems to have, be very favored by the other players. They they tend they seem to really appreciate him and like him, and and that's always nice. I, I think that chemistry helps helps the on pitch performances. Yeah, I'm glad that he got his start, and and glad that he's he's earned his starting spot now. And there's no question who's starting there for me. And that was something that I, I just did not expect. So I've been really impressed yeah. with him. I, I feel um, it would would it be true that there doesn't seem. It, there's no way we can really switch back to a four back now, can we? Well, that's the thing is you've improved the left side. And like you mentioned, you're kind of masking our problems, right? So you've improved the left side, but then the right side too, with Sioux Fall fitting in has been almost flawless in terms yeah. of moving the ball forward. The, I mean, I've seen Mazuwaku and Sioux Fall, both of them are contributing on offense much more than we did with Fredericks and in, uh, in the four back. So I think there's just no way you could change this formation. I don't understand why anyone would. Um, yeah, I mean, I, we're just kind of in balance now because we, if you look to our attacking options, especially on the wingers, do you, you know we we just signed Benarama, and it's just tough to find a place to fit him in. So I, I know some people might be calling to switch to a four back just to fit every all those attackers in, but 
like you said, we're we're getting the attacking output from those wingbacks and, and taking them away, uh, I think, would be would be a mistake. Yeah, and actually, that's my next question, we're kind of moving on to the midfield. Um, and, and we can kind of talk about, you know, each player, I think, in the midfield we, we've covered, they, they're doing well. I don't think there's anyone that we really need to, to cover specifically. But first of all, signing Benarama hopefully gives us the chance to put him on the left and Fornals in the middle. Because Fornals, to me, has been playing on a new level this season. And with him, and, and that's on the left side, you know, with yeah. him in his natural well, position. Where would you put, where, who would you take out then to, to fit Benarama in? Yeah, well, <laughs> that, that's kind of where I'm stuck. Uh, I See, I, I think we keep the same kind of 5-2-3 formation going. Um, but I'm not certain. I, I, I. To me, Fornals has just been playing way too good to, to take out, even though Benarama is so, such tasty of an option. Like, you want to <laughs> see what he can do. But, man, Fornals is playing so well. Bowen's playing so well. I, I wouldn't mind. I think what, what I would do with Benarama is I would bring him on as an early sub, and, and not early as in the first half, but like a 60th-minute sub or something like that. Because if you've seen Farnals or Bowen, for instance, Bowen gets tired. And, yeah, he's running up and down the field for literally all 60 minutes that he plays, whatever it is. So I'm not upset subbing out mm-hmm. Bowen. Um, and and I think that's where Benarama would fit in right now. I don't think – Benarama – I mean, obviously, as a single um, individual player, you want to fit yourself into the starting 11. But right now, I mean, there are people that play soccer all over the world that just are fantastic off the bench. and come in and completely change the game. And I'm, I'm hoping right now, I think we've got such a good chemistry between our starting 11. I don't want to mess it up just to try out a new signing. I, yeah. I want to hopefully fit Benarama in to be that, that um, one off the bench. And now, I mean, we'll get to it too, but Hilaire, we were kind of hoping he'd be the one off the bench and now he's going to be our, well, probably should be our starter. So. Well, let's, um, let's talk about that. Should so we we lose Antonio for what looks to be at least several weeks, Un, uncertain, but at least several weeks with a hamstring injury. Would you? We put we you know Hilaire came in. I thought we really weren't very good offensively once he came in, but I, I feel like that was more we were we were already kind of in park the bus mode. Um, would you put Hilaire in where Antonio was like for like and just play the same way? Or would you change it up somehow? Um, would you would you try and adjust the system slightly? So I wouldn't. I would put Hilaire in. Uh, I think there's no question because he's been doing. He did so well in preseason. He was scoring hat tricks, and he was scoring even when he didn't score hat tricks. He was still scoring or contributing to every goal. So he deserved to start then, and that didn't change too just because they hadn't played any friendlies in two weeks. You know. Um, I, I don't, I wouldn't switch up the system per se, but I would just switch up the, the coaching instructions just slightly and, and use Bowen, um, say Sioux Fall, And then, you know, obviously on the left, uh, Masawaku and Fornals or, or Benarama, whoever we play and tell them to give more service because Antonio requires service, but he also can force his way through the box. Whereas Hilaire is, is an aerial dual, uh, winner. But, but he also is that hold-up player, and we need that service to um, get runs down the field and everything. So I think we, we need to, to supplement the athleticism that we're losing from Antonio by switching to Hilaire. 
and just supplement that by using our wingers to get down the field more uh, yeah. farther than they have been. Yeah, I agree. I think we need to to instruct Bowen to play a little more centrally uh, off of Hilaire and, and just rely more on the wing backs that, to provide that right. with. Because right. Hilaire, I think Hilaire can do just about as well in the holdup play as Antonio can, but he can't make those kind of runs through the channels that, that right. to advance the ball like Hilaire did. I think he needs to, or like Antonio did, I think he needs to kind of drop, kind of drop back, catch the ball and, and, and have a guy like Bowen maybe run past him or um, for now has come more central to, to help him out and do a little more interlinked play. Because I, th- I mean, we've been getting really good crosses in through the primarily the wing backs or even Cresswell. So I don't think shifting in our wingers more centrally is going to hurt us there because we're still going to have Masuaku, Cresswell on the left, and, and, and Sufal on the right that, that can send in those crosses to, to someone. I, I'm interested to see if how Hilaire can play once he gets these crosses in because he hasn't given he hasn't really been given much run under this five back system it's mo- all all the cup games he's played in have been in more of a standard 4-3-3 type um w- with different players as well so yeah and i want to see him especially in this game with liverpool because i want to see if i mean this is going to be a game of pressure i think uh he's going to have a lot to deal with and if he can at least perform and I'm not, I'm not uh, requiring him to get a goal for him to start every single week. No, like I just want him to see him. uh, I just want to see him do well against Liverpool because this is going to be a tough team. And if he can do well against Liverpool, I think that's going to be a a big confidence boost going into Fulham and some of the other games we've got coming up where they're lower league, uh, lower on the table because he's going to know that he did well against literally the top defenders in the world. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm hopeful that he can do something out, something good. I, I am going to need to see a stronger work ethic from him in this game. It's from the start. Is he the, in, in this system that Moyes is playing where you have that single striker up there and you want to play fairly counterattacking? It's going to, well, it's going to rely on that striker to put his body on the line and really kind of body up players, get the ball, hold it up um, and kind of be one of the key transitions from, from defense to attack. So I'm hoping he can take advantage and, and really we'll have to play differently than when we played Antonio, but I hope our offense doesn't miss a beat. Yeah. And well, missing a beat is actually a perfect transition to what I want to talk about next with uh, the Yarmolenko sub specifically in the last game, but also referencing games before because Yarmolenko is one that's come on mainly for Bowen. Um, He's come on and sometimes he's been a different difference maker. He's changed up the game, but in this last game, we didn't really see that. And uh, he was subbed on a little earlier than normal. And that I think is one of the factors and why, Yarmolenko is not a really fast endurance player. He is one that comes on, he's, he's technically sound and he comes on and he tries to, he tries different methods of attack than compared to what Bowen and all that tries. So I, while I don't want to see him brought on the 89th minute, I would say I wouldn't bring him on any sooner than like the 70th minute. If you're bringing someone on in the 60th minute or 55th, I want to see someone that has a little bit more endurance. You know, I want to see a Ben Rama. I'd say I'd probably yeah. see a Ben Rama over yeah. over Yarmolenko um, coming on, just just because 
Like you said, I mean, they're both. Yarmolenko has some fantastic games, but it's almost as if he's going to have as many of these duds as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. I still, I still am not sure what the best place to put him is. Cause he's, I feel like playing on the left wing, he really hasn't been great for us for, for the most part playing in the league games. Um, I'm not sure what, what he plays for the Ukraine national team, but he, you know, maybe a more upfront style. I mean, could, could he be, you know, our striker instead of Hilaire? I mean, if this game's any indication, when Antonio got injured, Hilaire wasn't the one to come on. Yarmolenko was. Yeah, I th- actually thought that was really interesting. And I'm I'm not upset if uh, we sub off Hilaire and bring Yarmolenko in. I, I think that would be a decent change in the right situation. But I would be extremely nervous to start Yarmolenko unless we said, hey, like you're going to be subbed off early, like at halftime, you know. Something like that, but but I want to play Benarama over Yarmolenko for any if we're gonna if yeah. we need what, endurance at all. You know? What about? <laughs> and now I'm not saying this is the formation I would go or what I would do, but but because Moy seems to have an aversion to playing Hoyer, would you be all right? Is instead of replacing Hoyer, you put Benarama in? I with that you'd probably have to make Bowen the striker. And have Benarama and Fornals on either side of them. What do you think that? So, do you think that would fit in better with our counterattacking style? Well, that's a good question, and I actually was considering not even. I mean, this sounds weird because I've never seen a soccer team that does it, but not even having a dedicated striker. Like, what yeah. if what if you just subbed off Hilaire? Or, and I mean, um, we've we lost Antonio, so you don't even put Hilaire out there, and instead you put in Benarama on the left. You put Fornals in the center, and you instruct literally every midfielder to be just a spider down there and like crisscross and make these webs of runs and just whatever they want to do down there, just get creative, but be more forward than a typical midfielder. Yeah. Because well, and that gives Suchek the ability to make runs in. He could kind of be your aerial presence up there. Yeah. And it, yeah, aerial presence, it confuses the defense and you've got players like Bowen and Fornals and Benarama, I'm sure uh, from what I've seen on highlights and things that, are willing to make those long runs and then they know that they have coverage behind them. So I would, I mean, I honestly would really like to try that. Um, and, and given you're not, you don't have a dedicated striker hold, like literally uh, standing on the center backs the whole time. However, I think we've got the speed in, in our new signings. Like I just mentioned Benarama and, and Bowen to, to make that work. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it's definitely worth a shot. I'm not, I'm just, I'm a little concerned with the way Moyes likes to play in this five back that it would suit. Right. I think there are characteristics of it that suit, that would suit Hoyer, but from the counter attacking perspective, I don't think it would suit him. Um, it, it provides good width to maybe get him crosses, but a lot of our attack is based on those, those runs down the flank that Antonio would make. Well, and I think too, it's part of the manager's job to analyze who you're playing next and come up with, is that the best plan of attack? And against Liverpool, no freaking way would I do that because they're gonna shut. They're gonna shut down every single run, um, pass lane, every single running lane, just everything. And so I think you want you have to have a player up there that's distracting them so that you can hopefully get some other people in behind. Yeah. Against a lower team that doesn't have as much experience as Liverpool or something like that, but that's where I would kind of want to try it. Um, I think Hilaire has to play against Liverpool because Hilaire has played against teams that are at that level. And, um, and Hilaire, I think he even, if I remember correctly, he was 
the one that was he played a significant portion of the game when uh, we played Liverpool last season. So I, I want to see experience up there. Hilaire is definitely good enough. Even if he doesn't put in a ton of effort, he's definitely good enough to be in that position. And against Liverpool, that's what we're going to need. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see. I, I'm, I wouldn't, I'm not going to be too sad if we don't take any way, anything away from this game, given our recent run. But man, if we could, if we could somehow scrape a point or even a win out of this, to cap off this incredible run, it'd be it'd be fantastic. Even if we lose like three zero, I don't think anyone. It's not going to phase anyone because we've done yeah. so well. But as as long but, as we don't just crumble, like I, 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 if we play decently, I mean, I think we will. I think we've shown uh, we played. I'm honestly as at this point as concerned with City as I am with Liverpool. Um, so our our performance against them was was I thought really solid. Um, what about you know we've we've had this run of ga- these run of games that have been really good. We've we've extracted points where we thought we weren't going to get any. But we look at the table and you know we're only twelfth. What do you, what do you think of that? Yeah, actually, I was just about to bring that up. So first of all, I want to mention that Man City's thirteenth, so we're ahead of Man City and Man United in fifteenth. But um, no, I'm I'm actually really pleased with where we are in the table, and it's interesting because we actually dropped three positions with our tie on, on man city. But the reason I'm really impressed with where we are is because I don't think it's an accurate reflection of, of where we actually are on the table. So you we're 12th. However, we're 12th and we've already played some of the best teams that we're ever going to face in the premier league. You know, we've already played Everton, Liverpool, Leicester, Tottenham, and that's four out of the top five teams we just played Man City, who is historically a great team, and they're just not having the, the best start, but they're a fantastic team. I mean, we've played these top teams. We've played Wolves, you know. So what other team has had that kind of – that rough schedule of games, that rough run of games, and done as well as we have? So even though we, we're not reflecting the amount of points um, accurately, I, I think yet it will come through later in the season when – we play lower teams and start picking up a ton of points. Whereas some of these other teams, like let's just say um, Southampton, for instance, they're, they're number seventh right now with 10 points. They've, they've played decent teams, but they've also played teams that are basically easy wins. So they're, they're almost inflated a little bit. Whereas West Ham, we've scraped by and we're still 12. You know what I mean? We, we've had the tough, one of the toughest schedules in the Premier League and we're still 12. Yeah, is I, that kind of your analysis? Or? Th- I, no, I definitely agree with that. I think we, we've we had, especially when you factor in this Liverpool game, probably the hardest schedule of any of the teams in the Premier League so far. Um, and both that we've been able to get points from it and just looking good. Like even in the Arsenal game, we didn't get any points from it, but we looked good. Uh, and, you know, the resilience we've shown. I'm I'm still slightly concerned about our – the depth of our squad. I'm not, uh, you know, th- I think this Antonio injury, if, if Hilaire doesn't play well in the system could be a big setback for us, depending on how long he's out. Uh, I feel if, if we have a center back injury, if it's Ogbana, I'm concerned. If it's, if it's Cresswell or, or Balbuena, I feel like Diaz about as good, but in the midfield, if we, if Rice or Suchek goes down, I don't know how you, 
can can I, I don't know if we have a player that can really fill in that spot the same way, especially when they're asked to cover so much ground. Um, so I'm a little concerned about that. Luckily, the, the January window is not too far away. Hopefully we can, if there is an injury, we could get reinforcements in then. Um, but no, I think the table does look a little deceptive right now. We've played much better than our position. Uh, and looking forward to the games that we have to come, we will should have a much easier schedule uh, than what we've had so far. So hopefully we can continue to kind of rise through that table. Yeah, and one little uh, thing that I think kind of backs up that point is let's look at goals for and goals against in Liverpool. So they've got 15 goals for and 14 goals against, right? Um, you go down to West Ham, we've got 12 goals for and eight against. So almost half the goals uh, against than Liverpool. So, I mean – to me, that tells, oh, like Everton, for instance, they're number one right now. They've got 14 goals for and nine against. And like I said, West Ham has 12 goals for eight against. So we're we're right up there in in the scoring and also holding. Uh, or I mean, we're doing a lot better than Liverpool. They did have one really bad game, but um, we're holding our own. And and the the rest of the stats kind of support really the top five uh, Premier League teams even though our, our point total doesn't show that. And, but like I said, right. I mean, the first few weeks of the season, it's really tough um, because the schedules vary so much. Once you start getting towards like, I would say Christmas, we could probably see where we're shaking out and, and how it's going to go. So. Well, what do you think? What do you think for this Liverpool game? The outcome will be, do you think we'll be like Villa and, and get the seven two win? Or do you, do you think we hold on for a tie? What's your prediction? Well, it's interesting because the 7-2 Villa win really shocked the world, I think, in terms, and it shocked Liverpool for sure. Um, since then, Liverpool has gone on to draw and win. Uh, they, they've they come back, but it, I, I just think that 7-2 uh, loss to Villa showed that they're vulnerable. Well, uh, now they're without Van Dyke, And now they're without Van Dyke, And I think that is going to be absolutely key, even though we lost Antonio. Um, the way we play Van Dyke was one that, that I was worried about shutting down the passing lanes and directing the defense so well, he is such a powerhouse back there. And, and now I think that's going to really help expose their team and their defense. I, I really think we have a, a genuine, um, chance to, to win two one there. However, I, I think we'll get a tie. I think it'll end up to be, I'd say, uh, one one. One one. See, I'm a little little more pessimistic. I think we'll we'll have a a two one loss, but I'm I'm hopeful we could get something. I think if we do get a result, it's going to have to be um because our midfielders really played well uh and and were able to 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 cut down the passing lanes and contribute to the defense. So um I don't know. I I think we're playing with house money right now in this game. We've we've played so well against top teams that we're coming in. We're going to be, you know, I don't think the boys are going to be scared. So I'm I'm excited to I'm excited to see the game. I agree. And if with Moyes, if uh, if I were Moyes, I would definitely focus on Balbuena and and his defense and uh, really making sure that we're marking people in the back. And it's not just Belbuena's fault when, when people aren't marked, you know, that's gotta be Agbana directing and that's gotta be our keeper um, directing as well. So 
<coughs> excuse me. <coughs> so I think if we can just keep up that mark and keep up the intensity on defense, don't let that lapse because we lapsed for about five minutes. Uh, it was about, yeah, five to six minutes in that Man City game, and they got that goal. So that, to me, is going to be key, is just keeping up a solid defense all game. I think we will get our chances offensively, but um, defense is, is kind of what I'm concerned about for this one. Yeah. There any, is there any one player it, you're particularly worried about our team handling? I know there's, there's several studs across that Liverpool front line. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I can really – I don't want to say one because I can name uh, about four that I'm extremely yeah. worried about. I, it's funny, and it might take you by surprise, but I'm, wonder, I'm wondering how we're going to cover Alexander-Arnold. And the reason I say it is because we're going to be so focused on covering Sala. We're going to be so focused on covering some of these big-name people that are they're going to be in our box. Um. I'm wondering if he's going to hit one that, that, I mean, he's, he can shoot and he's proven yeah. that. And I'm wondering if he's going to slip one by. Yeah, that's definitely, yeah. They, that's the problem with Liverpool is they're loaded with talent. I mean, despite a couple rough performances to start the year, you got to remember this is the team that was setting records last year. So. Yeah. The they really part. didn't change that much over the summer too. Yeah. So. They really, they really didn't. I mean, Van Dyke's injured, but, but overall, their their entire attacking unit, pretty much their entire midfield, is still um, the same or better. So, do you have anyone that you're you're kind of watching out for? Uh, I'm a little concerned about Firmino. Uh, you know, usually I would say someone like Mane or Salah would would really freak me out just based on their um, their pace. But I'm really concerned about our Firmino kind of slipping between our midfield and our defense and just creating opportunities for the other players uh, uh i hope we need to be very uh, proactive in marking him and making sure he doesn't doesn't slip in and un, unnoticed kind of like phil fodden did this past I, game where we I was got, just about to mention that yep that exactly how you practice and analyze how to defend against that is watch this past game and watch how as soon as that sub came on he was I mean, the whole offense changed because he was able to create all these passing lanes. And that's what I think you're right, Firmino's going to do. Yeah, because, I, I mean, I think the, the five-back does great because you give more cover. But the downside of that is sometimes you get a little more complacent about, oh, if I miss something, someone else is going to pick it up. Where if, you know, if we kind of saw two center backs not really paying attention, allowed someone to get in between them, and that that can be a goal, especially against the team as clinical as – uh city or, or liverpool so yeah, and, yeah. And another thing i want to really um cover is like where de bruyne came in and just started he i mean he was taking some great shots and they were from maybe not outside the 18 but darn close to the 18 and that's where i was thinking okay well alexander arnold can maybe have some good ones or mm-hmm. it, really i mean solo like they've all got cannons on there and if they're taking those long shots mm-hmm. um we need to fabianski for sure needs to make sure that we're getting bodies in front and not just uh not just letting them take these because this is not a team that's going to just shoot it, you know, shoot field goals all the time over the net. It's going to be uh, on target. So yeah, and we can't we can't give away cheap fouls either. I'm worried with some of their faster players, so we might overextend and, and kind of commit fouls in areas that that would result in you know dangerous free kicks. That we you know we almost we had a couple 
against City that we were lucky. I know the one where Fornals was laying across the ground uh, to try and block it behind our wall. So I'm worried. That was, they, that was one of my favorite photos of the game. <laughs> it's like, what the heck is happening? <laughs> but hey, did they get the goal? No, not off that one. <laughs> so. It was it was all because of his positioning. Yeah. Well, anyways, yeah, we'll have to see. But uh, no, excited to be back and, and get the podcast out. Um, we, we've we been really happy this past few games, and uh, hopefully we can get the result at Liverpool again and make us continue this happy streak. Yeah, it's been it's been a good month to be a West Ham fan. That's for certain. And that, that that's not always very common to say. Well, thank you for joining us. That concludes our show of uh, – Green Eggs and West Ham. Be sure to follow us on all the social media platforms. And uh, if you have a question, feel free to ask us. We uh, really like to interact with all the fans and everything. So thanks. Come on, you irons. Come on, you irons.